Have you ever thought to yourself, oh my goodness, there are way too many people in the kitchen right now, or I have all of this food to serve and I have no idea where to even start? If you said yes to either of those things, today's episode is for you. Here at Gather, if you're here for any length of time, you may hear me use the term feast flow. That's a term that we've kind of coined that explains how your guests interact with the food that you're serving and the direction and the experience that you are guiding them through with the food. So with all of that considered, we are going to be talking about the serve where to use, how to arrange it in a beautiful way that gives you a sense of confidence as well, the amount of food to serve, and how important the placement of it is too so that you can guide your guests in the direction that you want to avoid overcrowding or assembling (laughs) in an area of the gathering that is not ideal. So let's get into this topic. I hope that there are little nuggets that you could take away and we'll call this Feast Flow 101. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. I have to tell you guys something funny. So I was recording this episode just a few minutes ago, and I could not think straight, and I was like, what is going on? I was so hungry. (laughs) So in case you are wondering, I'm very well fed and thinking very clearly now. (laughs) So if you need to eat during this episode, feel free because we are all about food here and hanger is real. So (laughs) let's talk about something in culture that um, is not given a lot of attention how we serve our food, how you actually put it on the table, what you put it on, and how much of it you offer your guests. Um, This matters a lot because it determines your guests' experience with your food and could really make shift your gathering one way or another. I want to start by talking about serveware. So let's kind of picture in your mind the serveware that you have if you were to plate a few main dishes and a few side dishes right now. Our recommendation at Gather is that the majority of your serveware is either white, wood, or stone slash slate. So natural elements, and if you can build for a collection with those three pieces present, that is ideal because they each complement food differently. So say, for example, I have like a wood cutting board. Sometimes I'll do like a uh, gold cake stand. Or if I'm using like white ceramic platters, I'll kind of incorporate silver in there as well. But I want to talk to you guys that like bright patterns or like really bright colors. That is totally fine. I just want you to picture the aesthetic of when you're serving food. Sometimes when when what we're serving on is too bright um, or too dynamic, it makes the food almost appear a little bit chaotic and we eat with our eyes. So if your food looks chaotic, it's kind of creating an experience before your guests even dig in. And so even if you still want to use your colorful platters, hey, go for it. I'm not going to stop you or tell you to throw stuff away, but I just recommend no pattern at least. So white, wood, black. Um, And that's where I think it is important to start. Now, let's talk about the next step. So I'm imagining that you have your food in the oven, you have stuff cooking on the stove, and it's just about time for you to place food on the table. I recommend that every host, and I try to do this the best that I can at most of my gatherings, figure out what you're serving. Okay, so say you have... um, 
chicken parmesan, you have breaded cutlets, you're serving the sauce on the side, you have a salad, all these things. Consider what needs a bowl and what needs a platter. And I want you to lay them out wherever you are serving the food. So whether it's on your counter as a buffet table or your dining room table, setting out all of the server beforehand gives you an idea, okay, is this going to be too overcrowded? Is this just enough? And then even more, is there enough height and dimension to what I'm serving? Now, is this essential? No, absolutely. You do not have to worry about the aesthetic to this extent. But it's one of those things that once you start thinking about it, it's easy for you to vary height and to provide a really beautiful just dynamic to the display that is getting ready to be filled in really quick. So what this looks like for me is, you know, if we're using this example, I would put a white platter for my... um, chicken cutlets, my breaded cutlets. I would probably have a bowl for my sauce. So there's a little bit of height there. What else did I say we're serving today, guys? Salad, a bowl. Now, I referenced a cake stand, which might have um, seemed out of place, but cake stands are one of my favorite unused, (laughs) or not unused, but like they're not given enough attention in hospitality. I have so many cake stands, and what I do is I use them for height on my table. So I either use them as an added platter. So say, for example, I still need to put the bread on the table. I would put my cake stand there that matches with the rest of my serveware and put the bread on it. Or if I have my bowl of salad, you can even put the salad bowl on top of the cake stand and it just adds height. So variation in height is really important um, as you're creating your feast flow, as you're putting your, your meal together, whether it's on the table or the counter. Now, Um, It's hitting me. One thing I forgot to mention about um, patterns and colors is say, for example, you have one platter that you just love um, that's a little bit not neutral. (laughs) Put that on your table in the mix of say, say everything is white and silver. Add that fun color as kind of like a statement piece. Um, Last thought on patterns, I can go off on this for a while, is... One of the best ways to pull in more color and more pattern is the linens, the linens and your centerpiece. So if you're like really discouraged hearing me say all this, think stay neutral for when you're serving your food. It gives a little bit more like peace and like cohesiveness to what you're serving. Um, And then add the linens and fun centerpieces to really add your flair of your personal style. Now, we talked about the um, aesthetic, we talked about the height, and then I just want to reiterate wood, white, and black or stone, kind of like marble are the three colors that we recommend. Now, what you cook matters for the flow and the ease of navigating food at a gathering. So we have a class coming up in the academy called Planning and Pairing Memorable Meals, which helps you plan and pair what you're cooking for a gathering. And in that class, I'll give you a little bit of a snippet. We provide a ratio for people. It's kind of like your standard. For a gathering of um, one to five people, we recommend one main dish and two side dishes, usually a starch and something fresh like a vegetable or a fruit. Now, every time you increase that by five, you add one more new element. So say, for example, you have 10, you could either opt to do two main dishes or two side dishes, depending on the starch and protein balance. And we talk about um, that in the class as well. But here's, here's what happens. Here's why that ratio matters. If 
you have too much food. Now, if you've listened to this podcast at all, I am Italian. My The name of my game is too much food. <laughs> no, too much. Okay, so the quantity of the food it doesn't matter as much as the types of food items that you're serving. So when there is too many options on the table, you are putting a halt to the feast flow. People come to the table, they go to interact, and they don't even know where to start. So even though you might be thinking that it's super fun, which believe me, I know it I know it can be, you are providing a stop. Now, this is when the ratio is a little bit off balance, but when you have the perfect amount of dishes per people, it creates this natural flow and natural interaction that there's not too much. On the contrary, let's talk about what happens when you have too little food. When you have too little, people either think, oh my goodness, I need to over scoop, I need to fill my plate, is there anything else, I'm still hungry, all of these things. Now, again, this is 101, so this is just like our starting place, we'll dive deeper into these things, but when there is the perfect ratio, people know what to expect, and also what happens is when you overfill your table, people are going to stay there longer, they're going to look at everything. And it just makes things a little bit more blurry and clogs things up a little bit, if you will. So that perfect ratio that we were talking about is one main dish and two side dishes for every five people. Now, again, this could be found in our upcoming class, um, but that's kind of like a really good go-to, just a, a ratio for you to have in mind. And every time you up the f- up by five people, you either add another main dish or a starch. You can alternate depending on your group. Um, but again, it could be super fun, and Italians are really good at big quantities of things. But I would say, looking back, we never had... Um, like an inappropriate amount of options on the table. It all kind of went together. It all kind of made sense. And we would love to help you in the future. Stay tuned on more of how to create the menu. That is a topic for a different episode. (laughs) Okay, now let's talk about the actual placement of where you are putting your food. So If you have ever thought, oh my goodness, I am cooking the food, I'm getting everything ready, I just need a breather, but there are so many people in my kitchen, here is how you are going to prevent that. You are going to set up your food where you want people to go. You are creating a funnel. Have you ever seen, have you ever been to Ikea and there's only like one way throughout the whole store? (laughs) Picture it like that. You are setting up the direction of the food, um, literally where you want guests to walk and go. So don't have them walking towards the kitchen if you really want them away. And even give yourself the freedom to serve food in a creative um, space. Serve it on a long table if you have a, you know, like a foyer or a hallway. Serve it, um, you know, we have a very small house. I've served it on the coffee table in my living room and I used risers and cake stands and no one's going to think twice about that. They just are following your lead on where you want them to go. So if you want them out of the kitchen, position your feast flow out of the kitchen. Now, another thing just to make your life so much easier, as you are considering the plates and the serveware and all of those elements that you need to put the food on. Make sure you are remembering things like salt and pepper and napkins and spoons and all of those things, even putting them on the table before the food ever goes on so that the station can kind of be self-serving and you can sit back a little bit and kind of watch the event 
happen itself and watch it kind of run itself. As your guests are interacting with the food kind of um, at ease, you get to sit back and enjoy it too. So today was just a short episode with you and I as we talk about feast flow and how do you help your guests interact with your food in an easier way because oftentimes when it's a little bit too chaotic, it creates a little added chaos at the gathering and you deserve a break. So if it's set up properly, you get to sit back and watch everything run itself. Now listen, I have some exciting news to share. Well, kind of. (laughs) This fall, we have a lineup with some of your favorite Instagram accounts, the faces behind them, some of your favorite chefs and authors, and we could not be more thrilled to be welcoming on some incredible people that have inspired me in my hospitality and in other areas of life as well. I can't share their names with you just just yet, but I am going to tell you that you are going to want to stick around. So if you loved this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you could be notified every time a new episode launches. This fall and winter is going to be so incredible and so rich, um, introducing new types of topics that we haven't even had before and elaborating on those that you guys have loved. Now, listen, we loved when just 10 of you were listening to the podcast, and we love that thousands of you are listening now. But if we want to spread the word about making room and invite more people to the table, we need your reviews and your shares. So if you love this episode or maybe another one, take a screenshot and tag it to your stories at Gather Intentional Living, and written reviews mean so much. So whether you guys do a five-star or just written reviews, Either way, it means the world to us and helps bring more people to the table. So I hope that this was helpful and that as you prepare for your next gathering, you feel a little bit more confident setting up the feast flow. Have you ever felt that if only I could get a home makeover, I would feel so much more comfortable in my space? Well, listen, I have felt that way too, and I might just have the answer for you. If you are from Connecticut, Coastal Concepts Connecticut would love to work with you. Everything from wood flooring to window treatments and everything in between, they are sure to bring you the upgrade and the beauty that you are looking for to transform your space. Their goal is to offer customers with the best products, unrivaled customer support, attention to detail, and all at the best price. Guys, it is all from the comfort of your own home. Listen, if you are interested in reaching out or even calling to ask them a few questions, make sure to let them know that you heard about them from Making Room Podcast by Gather Intentional Living. Do you want to learn more? You could find them at CoastalConceptsConnecticut.com or on Instagram at CoastalConceptsCT.